0: What's going on Wizards fans? Welcome to a special edition of the Wix 30 podcast, the official podcast of Wizards Extra. I am your host, I am Arthur Reynault, and with me today I have the Wizards Extra Beat Reporter. You can catch her at every home game, live at Capital One Arena. I have Bryna Kramer with me today. What's going on Bryna? What's
1: up Arthur, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, no problem. Just a little background, we tried recording uh, last week around this time about you know John Wall, and unfortunately, it wasn't able to be published. But thankfully, and unfortunately, there is plenty more to talk about in terms of John Wall specifically uh, and his performance. So let's get right into it. Um, I'm sure everybody, if you are a Wizards fan, you've heard by now. Uh, Stephen A. Stephen A. Smith just going off on the Wizards. Uh, Zach Lowe also, like everyone's just taking their turn beating beating the Wizards while they're down. I thought, let, let's talk about Stephen A for a quick second. So I thought what Stephen A talked about uh, was pretty valid. You know, he started off his argument uh, crapping on Ernie Grunfeld, but not really because he cited Ernie Grunfeld's time with the New York Knicks. And God knows if you're a New York Nick, you're basically an untouchable um, in terms of criticism. But Bryna, what did you what did you take away from what Stephen A said in his uh, very long rant about the Wizards?
1: I don't know. I mean, here's my thing. Is I know he like he kind of ended it with like trading Beal. And that's like what he cuz he thinks and I think a lot of people think that Beal is the only tradable asset, which I agree. I mean, Beal right now is definitely the Wizards' best player. Like I understand why he's like pretty much the if you're considering a trade like he is the only tradable asset. I am. I'm on the opinion though that like, if if we're going down the whole like just trade, you know, trade somebody like blow it up, which is I think what everyone's argument at some point is coming back to that like the Wizards need to do something. I understand why the Will is your most tradable asset, but at the same time, I think he also was the player with the most potential and like the person you would want to start a rebuilding team around if you're trying to pick someone to trade. So, like, on the one hand, I disagree with Stephen A. Smith. Like, I think it should probably be a Wall or Otto or pretty much anyone else or, like, multiple players. Right. But then at the same time, like, I also understand where he's coming from that, like, based on the contract and everything else, that, like, it's got to be Deal, So, like, I understand. I don't know. But I do agree. I do like that he is someone who started out with his Ernie Grunfeld thing, which is, I think, which we're going to talk about a little bit, too, is, you know – You've got to talk about Ernie when you're talking about the Wizards at this point, because you just can't not.
0: Right. And I mentioned to you before we started recording, basically what my stance that I've been taking, because it's really ugly right now. If you go on Twitter, you search any, you know, Bleacher Report, any of these websites that talk about basketball, it's really ugly. Anything Wizards related is basically, you know, blow the team up. Is John Wall fat? John Wall's been clubbing, all that stuff. (laughs) But... I have taken a stance that if the person's argument does not start with Ernie Grunfeld and does not acknowledge that this, I would say, is 50% Ernie Grunfeld's fault, then I'm just discrediting it and just kind of ignoring it because it's, it, it's just somebody that's riding the wave of headlines, like anything John Wall right now is going to make headlines, you know, whether he you know, goes to a club tonight, or, you know, she wakes up tomorrow morning, going a little bit late to practice, it's going to make headlines. So in regards of Stephen A. Smith, I, I respect Stephen A. Smith a lot, mainly because he just tells it how it is. He'll call out anyone, nobody, nobody is safe, basically. And I can sort of respect his sources. I mean, I don't know, a lot of it is for show as well. But Like, I don't know if he's really getting text messages of John Wall at Rose Bar, if he's getting pictures. I don't know about that. But, you know, he's not here to defend himself or to tell us his sources. But I just think it's so interesting to me that, you know, everybody is jumping on John Wall right now, especially because more people are starting to realize he's going to have a huge contract as soon as next year, but definitely in three years when he has that. I believe it's a player option of $46 million, which Stephen A cited. And people are just now saying, oh my God, you're going to pay John Wall that much money. He's not even a top you know, 10 point guard. He's not even a top 50 NBA player. And I think something that everyone, I'm pretty sure Wizards fans know this, but everyone in the media and NBA Twitter or NBA fans overall don't realize is that John Wall was severely underpaid for a long yeah. time. I would say, you know, all those years where he was talking about how Reggie Jackson was making more than him, you know, even before then, he was getting paid really, really like favorable for the Wizards for, I would say, more than half of his career, probably five to six years of his career. And in my eyes, the only way I'm keeping sane about it is that this Supermax deal that he's getting is kind of... In the grand scheme of how much money he's gonna make on the Wizards, it balances out how little he was paid at the beginning and versus how much he's gonna get paid, you know, towards the second half of his career. Now, the unfortunate part is that the Supermax has not kicked in yet and he's performing this poorly. I'm doing quotation marks on as I'm recording, but this poorly. But again, I don't think John Wall is the main problem with the Wizards right now. I think if I had to, and I'm going to ask you the same thing, if I had to cite all the problems with the Wizards, I think John Wall would probably be, you know, my third or fourth, maybe even fifth, you know, this is what's going on. My first option would definitely be the botched free agencies by Ernie Grunfeld. The second one would be Scott Brooks and his inability to, you know, find a lineup and get the guys going. And then number three I think not doing, not thinking too much about it. I think number three, I would have just the chemistry. There's no chemistry with the Wizards. And I don't know whether to credit that to the players for not doing anything, even though we know that, you know, John Wall gives away really expensive headphones and they the players themselves organize some player workouts over the summer. So I don't really know how much to make about that chemistry, like where to point, pinpoint that. And then fourth, I would just make... Just the other contracts, the fact that Jason Smith, Jan Mahimi, Otto Porter are all making so much money and producing very little, Otto Porter being the exception because when he produces, it's usually really good, but it's not enough you know, to carry and validate his contract. So, Bryna, what would would be, like, where would you rank John Wall in terms of what is wrong with the Wizards?
1: Yeah, no, so for a couple things. I definitely agree with you. John Wall is not the biggest problem. the, The way he's playing right now is a problem, but it is not the biggest problem. I probably agree with you with, like, Ernie, Ernie's definitely number one, or just kind of like the overarching umbrella. I don't even know if I'd put him at one, just kind of like the overarching, like forever and always issue with the Wizards. But uh, so yeah, and then like Scott Brooks is definitely up there. I but I know they're probably not gonna fire him. But yeah, his rotations are a mess um free agency like I definitely agree with you John Wall I don't know where I'd put him but like definitely maybe like the three four five range um so I'm agreeing with you on that and then something I just wanted to say when you're going back to the John Wall Supermax too and why he signed that and like why you're okay with it and all that stuff and I definitely agree I mean like when he signed it what he signed it last summer right so 2017 summer yes like What were they else? I mean, what else were they going to do? Like, let him not sign it? Like, he, you know, he met the requirements that granted him the Supermax. And, like, what? Were they going to let John Wall, like, just walk away? No. Like, at that time, especially not. Because, like, when the Wizards worked, they work well. Like, him and Bradley Beal, like, when they were working, especially in the 2016-2017 season, so, like, the season before he signed it, like, when it worked well, it worked really well. And it still does. Like, so I understand why they signed him. Like, I I don't, I agree. Like, when people say, oh, John Wall still has the Supermax that hasn't even kicked in yet. Yes, it is a lot of money, and it is a lot of money for a team to take on. But, I mean, like you said, like, I understand why they signed it, and I agree with them for signing it like I don't think that was a bad move it's just right, right. now people are saying that John Wells not playing that well which he's not and I don't think anyone would deny that he's not playing that well it's just you're looking for an excuse for him of like why he's not playing well and they're like oh my god well he's also getting paid so much money and like that's such an issue like that really has nothing to do with why he's not playing well he's just not getting off who could start to the season.
0: Which is very typical of John Wall. Like, I don't remember a season where he started off, aside from, like, his rookie season where he posted, you know, a really uh, record-breaking triple-double with, like, steals and stuff like that. I
1: think the only season, whatever season, gosh, what season was it where he started the All-Star game? I mean, I think that... It's the only season I, the last yeah. time he like started off really strong. I mean, he started off strong enough to start the all-star game. I don't remember what season that was off the top of my head, but I mean, yeah, it's been a yeah, while. He started uh, off either. really strong. Because, like, the Wizards haven't turned yeah, off actually, really strong mm. in the last couple of seasons. I mean, heck, even, I mean, a lot of people are comparing it, but the 2016-2017 season, when they ended up winning 49 games, they started that season 2-8 and eight or 1-7. Like, I don't remember, 2-9, and 3-9, and nine, something like that. But they, I mean, pretty much in the same position. So a lot of people are like, oh, well, they did that and they can pull up 49 wins. It's like, eh, this team has a lot more issues than that team did.
0: Right. Yeah, no, definitely agreed. And I'm looking at our at John Wall's game log for the last, you know, four three to four games. He is trending, I believe, upwards in terms of his production. I agree with that. You know, his steals are, are pretty are his steals are going up, which can be a credit to the pressure that the Wizards are applying. You know, say what you want, but these last couple of games, even though one of them was against New York, they have been giving more effort defensively, even though it's not. Now the next step is to do it for an entire game, and then the next step, the next step is to do it for five games, and then a week, two weeks, three weeks, all yeah. that stuff. Um, he had his first uh, double-digit assist game of the season. Again, assists, like he can't make the basket for them. I almost feel like Giselle, Tom Brady's wife, saying, you know, he can't throw the ball and catch it too. It's kind of the same logic with assist numbers for point guards. His turnovers, he kept it at two against Dallas, which is pretty good. Yeah um and also too.
1: i don't remember the number but they were low against the knicks too
0: yeah it was four so any i would say four or below is a good game for wall in terms of turnovers because he's just going to naturally have turnovers because he handles the and ball so, so fast, much yeah but yeah and he he you people i love when john wall attempts a jump pass and when it works, everyone's like, oh, my God, point guard, like best point guard at NBA. And when it doesn't work, everyone's like, that's such a stupid move. Why does he keep doing yeah. it? It never works. You know, it's just you have to accept some of these plays aren't going to work out. And unfortunately, everything is kind of piling on like these plays aren't working out. His effort defensively is not there every night. He's not making shots. So it's like all these negative things are piling on. But I think, you know, the law of averages, everything will average back to where it's supposed to be. You know, something that I don't see a lot of talk about is how many minutes John Wall plays. It's actually very worrisome, you know, that the fact that we've played 10 games and John Wall has played 41 minutes twice. I'm, I'm pretty sure if I pull up, you know, Steph Curry you know Kyrie Irving all the top point guards in the NBA none of them will have one 40 point game and i can be looking at that um, the next question i ask you but something I, I just don't understand why everyone just looks at you know the score sheet and is like oh he shot 8 for 20 9 for 16 8 for 13 you know he had four turnovers seven turnovers nine and you know they don't look at the minutes he's playing he is li- scott brooks is literally desperate right now in terms of how he's playing and handling John Wall. Uh, the last two games he's played 37 minutes and 41 minutes. So is there anything else that you've noticed that other people aren't talking about? It doesn't have to be specifically to John Wall, but just for the Wizards I mean, I think um, you just overall. said it. Like,
1: I think the minutes and the way that Brooks is staggering his lineups is just, like, appalling to me. Like, I I really don't understand sometimes, like, what he's thinking and you know the fact that for example I mean this is besides John Wall besides Bradley Beal just like an example of why in the last two games you know he played Jason Smith over Yan Mahimi and it was like okay at one point I think it was in the Thunder game he played Yan Mahimi only played like a couple of minutes and it was like okay well that's a matchup thing like okay I get that okay fine sure whatever but then it was like he didn't play against New York and he didn't play against Dallas and it's like Yamahimi, I mean, granted, Yamahimi has his own issues, but, like, Yamahimi is definitely better than Jason Smith, so it's like, okay, nobody really understands that, and that's just one example of, like, all the weird things that Scott Brooks is doing that everyone, I mean, everyone, Wizards Twitter, like, media members, whatever, everyone's like, well, that doesn't make sense, or, or at least to us, I don't know what's going on at Scott Brookside, but, like, to us that are watching, it's like, I don't know. But, yeah, the minutes are definitely an issue. I mean, even Bradley Beal – I mean, Bradley Beal, I'm looking at it right now. Against Dallas, Bradley played 37, which same as John. 40 against New York. 31 against Oklahoma City. 40 against Memphis. Like, yeah, I don't understand – I don't know. I think, again, it all goes back to the lineup. It will bench players, so then you have to play them more minutes. It's just – I mean it all kind of feeds into each other, but yeah, there's just a lot of things, but I think the minutes are something that when you're playing 40 minutes and like you said it's only 9 or 10 games in, like that's kind of an issue.
0: Right. It's 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 definitely not a good thing going forward if this Wizards team is able to turn it around, you know, going for a playoff position. By the time the Wizards qualify for the playoffs, maybe they get a seventh or eighth seed. John Wall is averaging, you know, 37 minutes per game and not in playing game 81 and 82. And it's just not it's not sustainable, basically, is what we're trying to get at. So I looked up real quick um, while I was listening to you and Stephen Curry's uh, high in terms of minutes played this season is 39. And his second highest is thirty seven. Uh, both of those games were the first two games of the season. Uh, the first one was against Utah, and the second one was against Denver. And those two games, I would say, are pretty good measuring sticks for the Golden State Warriors. Not that they really need to, you know, measure anything, but those are playoff quality games. You know, first game of the season. So, I would say aside from that, that's the only reason.
1: Wasn't one of them a loss. So, that makes sense why he would have played that many minutes because they were.
0: Right, exactly. So, like, it was a tight game. It's not one of these blowouts where, you know, Durant or Thompson have 50 before the fourth quarter and they can all rest. Uh, That's the other luxury, you know, having superstar talent on a team is really nice. Um, I'm looking at uh, Kyrie Irving, and Kyrie Irving's uh, season high for minutes is 35. Okay, so that just speaks volumes to the type of team that the Boston Celtics have and the 35-minute game was against the Toronto Raptors. Again, a game that is kind of a where do we match up against one of the division one of the conference rivals, you know, the Toronto Raptors. Yeah. And then I'm looking at Kyle, uh, Kyle Lowry and he is also at uh, 37 minutes and it was against the Boston Celtics as well. Although he is averaging more minutes played and I believe it was because of injury or, you know, Kawhi Leonard wasn't playing. So that just makes more sense. You have to play your best players a little bit more when other players are gone. But then I look at John Wall's minutes and it's 41, 41, 37, uh, 36, 36, 33. It's just really, and the one, the one game he plays 27 minutes was the 30 point loss to the Clippers. So there's a lot of there's a lot of things that you know you have to credit before you start absolutely destroying John Wall and what he has done up until now. Um, we can get into the Zach Lowe piece about the Washington Wizards and my again talking to my rule from the beginning was if there isn't a strong calling out of Ernie Grunfeld, I dismiss it. This was what this was an example because he. He said something that was pretty offensive to me as a Wizards fan about Ernie Grunfeld basically botching two moves that are the main reason we're in this position. One of them was drafting Jan Vesely in a loaded draft, and the other was uh, Jan Mahimi's contract. So... Bryna, give us, give give a. I'm I'm too salty, I guess, to talk about the Zach Lowe piece on the Washington Wizards. But what was your biggest takeaway from what he wrote? Yeah,
1: I mean, here's the thing. I I definitely agree, and I think a lot of Wizards Twitter would too about like Zach pointing out that the fact that it, I mean, I'm reading it right now. Only two big moves since they selected Wall look objectionable in hindsight. And then he goes, I mean, he discusses all the other ones and there's, I mean, I think he does in terms of like some of the points he makes about some of the other moves, like when, you know, like the wizard sacrificing the number 18 pick in 2014 to get the Gortat deal. Like that one, like, yes, I mean, it's because. I mean, it just kind of, it falls in Ernie's line of like trading away picks. So like for us as wizards fans, it looks like bad to us, but like, I understand why from like a larger basketball scale like that's not a bad pick in hindsight but yeah I mean I don't know I definitely I think the biggest issue like you said like there are a lot of bad moves since they selected While well that still look objectionable some of them don't look as bad now but there are a lot more than two and I think a lot of them have happened in the last like four years
0: Yeah, I would say, I mean, we could probably do two a season since Ernie Grunfeld's been here. Uh, Obviously, some of those are in hindsight, because originally, like, I'm thinking, you know, the Allen Anderson experiment, the Chris Humphreys as a stretch four shooting three-pointers. I guess in hindsight, letting go of Garrett Temple, signing Otto Porter to that max contract. So again, some of these, I will say, are kind of a hindsight thing. Like, we didn't know Otto Porter wouldn't live up to this contract because he was still kind of showing potential at the time when he received the deal. It was the wave of the market. It was market value, all that good stuff. Sure. I'll give you all that every day, but the trading away of draft picks, the, the fact that we trade away those draft picks because we have such bad contracts like Andrew Nicholson, you know, trading him away with a first round pick that ended up being a really good player. That's on the Brooklyn nets right now that we could have used Even last year, you know, a young center with leaping ability that can catch rebounds and be a presence defensively. So it's just, I don't know, it's just too much to talk about in one episode. And we could probably do a 10 part series on Ernie Grunfeld and the Washington Wizards. But I just find it, you know, you have to credit that as a main culprit of the Wizards rough start to this season. But I guess, you know, I'm not going to predict any wins and losses anymore. But just to recap, we have the Miami Heat or the Orlando Magic tomorrow night, Friday night at Orlando and then Saturday night at Miami. Um, have you been keeping tabs at all on Miami and Orlando outside of us uh, playing um, Miami? In season not before?
1: really. I know there was like early, like early, maybe like the first two or three, maybe even four games or people were like, Orlando's won a couple games. But now Orlando's, I think, gone back to, you know, normal Orlando. Uh, Miami, I think, has been pretty quiet. I know Hassan Whiteside had a really big game the other day. I'm looking at them right now. They, um, what are they? they're five and five. So Miami's 500 and Orlando is four and seven. So they're still both doing better than us, but yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. I saw a comment about the wizards, you know, talking about games that they should be winning. And at this point, you know, we have to look at ourselves and our record and be like, we are one of the worst teams in the NBA. So maybe, you know we should be asking that question like we need to show up with effort and play desperate to get to these wins cuz right. like i said orlando the, has four in wins in terms
1: of i think you know, both of these bye. are winnable games especially when you go back to the opening game against miami for the most part that came down to like the last four or five minutes like it was a pretty good matchup up until the last like couple of minutes and even really the last like couple of plays so i think both of these are winnable games and they should like if they if they don't if they don't at least win one of them, then th- this is just bad. Like it's just bad. Um and essentially we play Orlando right. again on Monday, Orlando's yeah. here. So I think they are. I think it's Orlando that's here. Um Yeah, so I mean we're getting yeah, ready to turn around so. and see Orlando night. again in a couple days. So I mean, really, these are this like stretch of like three games, like from this weekend is like it's got to win. At least you got to go try at least one, if not yeah. two, but you can really try to win all three. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I would say they two. really can.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say at least two for the weekend. And then obviously Monday is the start of a new week, but um, very quickly to kind of end this episode, you know, it started off talking about John wall. It started talking, we, we dove into, you know, a little bit of the, the where's to blame and where wall ranks in that some of the Stephen a and Zach Lowe talks. But um, I heard something really interesting this morning on the junkies about Randy Whitman or um, flip Saunders was, you know, fired after a slow start. He went uh, two in 15 before the wizards fired him and promoted Randy Whitman to be the next coach. And we know how that played out. Where, what do you see? And even though Candace Buckner and everybody is saying that Scott Brooks has zero pressure from the front office, there's no, you know, coaching hot seat for him. Everything's cool, which is very embarrassing. But wh- is there a number? Is there a record that this gets to where it's okay, we have to make a change and we have to fire Brooks? Is there a number that you I see mean, as the magic number?
1: If you want to say, no, but even then I feel like I was gonna say by all star game if they haven't won a certain amount of games, but I mean even then I think at that point it's way too late. Um I mean gosh, I wanna say if you right. if you don't finish November with like at least ten wins, maybe I don't I haven't I don't have their schedule like pulled up in front of me, so I don't even know math wise like what the if that's crazy or not. But
0: Well, we well, I believe November had a bunch of uh, matchups against opponents under five hundred. Right. For what that so, towards,
1: I mean, no, if you want to like say like it, around ten games, like if they haven't won November with like around ten games, just again, I don't have the schedule out in front of me, but I mean, I don't see how you then can't like start looking at it, especially if they're below. Like, if they come down to like final possession right. things, then maybe, and the team looks good, and it's just like because of bad calls or whatever like they just end up winning okay fine i mean it's still bad but like okay fine but if they're like low out games like say Dallas, like the one against dallas or the clippers or something like that then yeah i think they should at least look at it but i don't think they will like i honestly don't think they will
0: yeah yeah, I, I'm not getting my hopes up, but I'm just saying it's very evident that this team is playing very desperately in terms of how, what's the word I'm looking for? In terms of w- like what they're doing, because they're not playing desperate. If they were playing desperate, you'd be, we'd, we'd be winning these games. But playing John Wall the second half of a game, game nine of the season... Like, does that not remind you of the Randy Whitman years when he was grasping for the team, for control over the team and trying to hold on to his job? Like, this is so embarrassing. And then, you know, publications come out the next day that Scott Brooks is fine. There's no, you know, thought about him getting fired like that. That's just so bad. And. I really want to know, talking about Wall Supermax, remember how he mentioned how he had to meet with the Wizards and kind of see their game plan moving forward? I don't
1: know. It's a great question. What
0: was that game plan? (laughs) Like, here's all the money you're going to make. That's the game plan. And, you know, John made the selfish decision to be like, okay, I'm going to get paid like $46 million. Our team's going to suck, but it's fine. I'm getting my money. Like, was that the plan or was there an actual, this is how we're going to get you help
1: it was on Sunday when I was there for the Knicks, like him, especially like they keep preaching that this is the best pay- roster on paper they've had in a while. And that it's just the issue of the shots not falling, which I agree. Nobody's shot is falling. And that is, I, as soon as somebody's okay. shot starts yeah. falling more consistently. And if it what hit somebody, if a couple of players shots have been starting to fall more consistently earlier on, I think a lot of these issues and a lot of these conversations are avoided, but there, I mean, when, it's, when you start looking at something like the shots not falling consistently that you start to see the issues and you start to actually dive in and be like, oh, well, that's also an issue. And maybe the coaching is not that great because I think a good coach, when a bunch of players' shots aren't falling, would do lineups that help avoid that and play players where maybe, you know, someone like Bradley Beal is having a hot night. Okay. Well then stagger him with someone that's, you know, or a couple players that aren't going to have hot nights and maybe not playing with John who John's playing well. And, you know, so that it just, I don't know. I think it's when shots aren't falling, that then you start to deep dive into a team and see all the other issues. So yes, I agree that the shots aren't falling, but I think there's also other things, but they keep, that it's just the shots aren't falling and that this is still the best team they've yeah. had in a while. So we'll
0: see. We'll see if they can figure it out. I will say it's very unfortunate that for Kelly Oubre to get some run with the starters and for Brooks to stagger minutes, Otto Porter had to be out for us to see Jeff Green at the five with Kelly Oubre, Otto porter you know, Marquise Morris had to pick up four fouls before the fourth quarter. So it's almost like all these are sort of Brooks's desperate moves when Otto Porter can't play. Let me stagger uh, starters. When somebody's in foul trouble, let me try stretch five for Jeff Green and uh, stretch four for Otto Porter. It's just very embarrassing. And hopefully this weekend can be the start of a turnaround. But that's going to be, that's going to do it for this special episode of the Wix Dirty podcast. I guess we should name it the state of the wizards or something about John wall. Since those are all the headlines these days, hopefully tomorrow will be a quiet day leading up to our game at Orlando. And then the following day in Miami, although with all the clubbing that's been cited for John wall, it's probably a terrible time to be in Miami. At least it's the second night of a back-to-back. We'll see how that goes. Hopefully with two wins.
1: (laughs) Right. They'll yeah, probably come but then back. They Sunday, They're in only in Miami. They'll know. probably come back that same works night. For they the usually do. Players.
0: Yeah, if John is smart, there's no club promo for this weekend. But we'll we'll see what happens. But thank you all for listening. Make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on SoundCloud. Our handle for Twitter is at Wizards Extra, and we will catch you on Monday when we preview the week that is coming up.